Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com. Wow, hey everybody, how you doing? Isn't it great to be here as a part of a worship service? You know, it is. Yeah, let's give, uh, let's give the band a round of applause. They did an awesome job in leading us in worship. You know, it's very exciting for me to be here sharing with you a little bit today, especially because in just three weeks' time, my family and I will be celebrating two years in the States. Two years we've been here. In, um, in May 2008, Meg and I arrived with nine suitcases, three tired little girls, one guitar, and a simple vision to take church to the people. You know, I know when we left, there were so many people who were right behind us and celebrated with us as we left to come here and start this uh, awesome adventure. But I also know that there were equally as many people who thought, quite frankly, us coming here was a big waste, a great big waste, a waste of time, a waste of money, and a waste of my career. See, some of you may know that back home, I was actually a sports reporter for one of the three major networks on television. <laughs> there I am. That's, can you believe it? Look at that. Short hair, clean cut suit, everything. This is what New Jersey has turned me into. <laughs> it, <laughs> it took working for a church to get me to grow my hair out and start wearing ripped jeans. That's what I used to look like. That's what I used to do for work. And you know, I worked my way from the bottom, literally. I started as a sports reporter for a local newspaper when I was 21 years old. I went from there to write for magazines, and I eventually became the editor of Australia's highest-selling sports magazine. I wrote movie reviews for various websites and magazines, and then, finally, I reached my ultimate goal, and I became a TV sports reporter, a job that I worked for the next five or six years. So you can imagine the people who I worked alongside, when I told them that I was putting all that aside to go and work for a church, oh man, were they upset with me. What a waste, they all said. You're going to throw all of this away, your career, everything that you've worked hard for. You're going to throw all of that away for, for Jesus? Is, is that, are we hearing that right? You're going to throw all that away for Jesus. And you know what? To be completely honest with you, there was, there was part of me that agreed too. See, I loved my job. I loved our home. I really, really loved getting dozens of DVDs delivered to my doorstep free of charge every day. I loved it. There was so much that I loved. But you know what? When I watched my girls cry themselves to sleep on the plane over here, there was a big part of me, to be honest, I wondered if coming to Liquid was going to be a waste too. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever had family or friends tell you that this whole church thing is a waste? 
that you're wasting your time on this whole Jesus thing? Maybe if you're honest, you've even felt like that yourself from time to time. Can I, can I call something out right now? My guess is that here tonight, there are probably heaps of people who when they found out that tonight was a worship service, would just, thank you, Jesus. It's about time. It's a worship service. Yeah, there's a couple here. <laughs> but you know what? Let's call this out. There was probably also some people who were probably a little bit disappointed when they found out that tonight was going to be dedicated to worship. I'm sure that there are some people who walked in tonight and said, where's Pastor Tim? Where's the message? Where's the meat? Where's the beef? Pastor Tim told me that was a funny joke. (laughs) But look, let's be honest. There are probably some people here right now who, deep in your heart of hearts, just quietly while nobody else is watching, you probably think that this whole service is a waste of time. Well, over the next 20 minutes, I want to give you a different perspective of what it means to worship and how sometimes investing ourselves in things that other people might consider a waste is actually of great worth to God. So let me invite you to take out your Bibles. There's one on your seat. Just grab that or or the seat next to you and turn with me to Matthew chapter 26, and it's found on page 690, just to make that easy for you. And as you turn to that, I'm going to give you a little bit of context about what we're going to talk about tonight. See, at this point in the story, Jesus is nearing the end of his ministry. I mean, he is literally just days away from being arrested. And he's invited over to a friend's house to share a meal. And that is where we're going to pick up the story. So it says in Matthew chapter 26, reading from verse 6, While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured out on his head as he was reclining at the table. Now already, I think this story is really cool. You see, we know from other versions of this story in the Gospels that all of the big names of the New Testament were right there in that room. I mean, Jesus was there, the disciples were there, the Pharisees were there. And then in walks this uninvited woman. She didn't care about the big names in the room. She didn't care what people were thinking. She didn't care what people were saying about her. She just walks in completely oblivious to the presence of perhaps two dozen people and she breaks open this bottle of very expensive perfume and pours it all over Jesus as an act of worship. Some versions of this story in the gospel even say that she went as far as falling at her feet and crying and washing Jesus' feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. Now in the church world, we've got a word for that, right? Awkward. (laughs) See, this whole thing is awkward because all these men are there. They're invited there to have this casual meet and greet with Jesus. And in walks this uninvited woman who openly adores him. And I can only imagine that this intimate display of public worship probably created an embarrassed silence in the room. 
once all the guys had picked their jaws up off the ground, they started to respond quite angrily towards her. They rebuked her as we might rebuke somebody who throws away a whole plate of food into the garbage. They rebuked her in the way that some people rebuked me for throwing out my media career. In verse 8, they say, Why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Now, can I be honest with you? I kind of understand why they said this. I bet uh, the embarrassment that they felt soon gave way to anger. So they come up with this excuse to justify why she's given this stuff and they're not taking any action at all. But the woman doesn't care. She's just oblivious to it all. She's focused only on Jesus. And giving him her expensive perfume is just a symbol of her devotion to him. Now, I wonder if we were in that room, imagine we're in that room right now, how would all of us act? What would we have done as we watched that happening? Honestly, I think some of us would have seen this act of worship in the same way that the religious onlookers saw it as wasted money. But for the woman, not doing this would have been a wasted opportunity. And while everyone else is responding really harshly to her, Jesus responds quite differently. Let's have a look at what Jesus says. He says, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. She has done a beautiful thing for me. Why does Jesus say that? Well, I want to get you to grab your connection card right now and turn to the notes section of it. Okay, go and do that now. Grab your connection card, grab your pen, grab the notes section. If you're watching online, you can just click on the notes button to the left of the chat room and just write this down. I want you all to write this down. Jesus says that she did a beautiful thing for him because true worship is demonstrated by a personal sacrifice. True worship is demonstrated by a personal sacrifice. This woman's display of affection cost more than a year's wages, and it was most likely part of her inheritance. Now, we have to remember, back in those days, women weren't allowed to have a savings account. So this woman comes in with this bottle of expensive perfume. This is all she has She doesn't have a 401k. She doesn't have a retirement plan. This bottle represents her whole security. This represents her whole life and she wastes it on Jesus. It's no wonder the people watching were upset, right? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Now to me that makes actually makes perfect sense. But have you ever noticed that Pharisees are able to make arguments that seem reasonable to justify why they don't fall at the feet of Jesus and worship? And I wonder what excuses we have to justify why we don't participate in worship sometimes. And I I don't just mean musical worship here, okay? When the Bible speaks of worship, it refers to the daily offering of ourselves in obedience 
and love towards God in our actions and our thoughts. But let's be honest. I think we all have the occasional excuse as to why we don't worship. Yeah? There's no way I can get the church on time for the worship part. I, I'm not ready to get baptized yet because I'd be so embarrassed about speaking in public. I would love to tithe, but I'm saving for a car. You know, I would love to raise my hands and sing in worship, but I'd feel a bit silly. These are all excuses that I've actually heard. But this woman, she takes this alabaster jar of expensive perfume and she opens... Hang on, hang on. I was about to say she opens it, but she doesn't open it. Because Mark, if we read this story in Mark, he provides just a little bit more detail. And in fact, he says in verse 3 of chapter 14 that she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. She didn't open it. She didn't take the cork off and open it because anything that can be opened can be closed again. You know, when we open something up, we're the ones who determine where it goes, you know? We can pour a little bit here and a little bit there and just sprinkle some there depending on how we feel at any given time or on that day. But that's not what she did. The Bible says that she broke it and she let it all pour out all over Jesus in an uncontrolled fashion. And you know what? She didn't care about the cost. She didn't care about the waste. I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) You know, before I moved to New Jersey, my life was great. I don't mean that the way that that just came out. (laughs) No, but seriously, you know what? Meg and I had just built our dream home. We had two cars that were paid for. We had beautiful kids. We still do. (laughs) I had a successful career. I mean, everything was going just just as we planned it. But then God called us to liquid, and he called us as a family more clearly than he's ever called us to anything in our whole lives. So we made a personal sacrifice. We acted in worship. I quit this glamorous job as a TV reporter. I quit the career that I had worked so hard for since I was a teenager. And there was no going back. I mean, there was no safety net. The cost of our personal sacrifice became real to us when we sold our home. And it got, it got underlined for me as I drove my four girls away from everything and everyone they'd known and loved. Now, I didn't have to do that. There's no commandment that says, thou shalt give up thy dream career. It doesn't say that in Leviticus or Deuteronomy. Well, not that I've read. But I think God wanted me to know what it was like to give up something that I valued for something better. You see, it makes sense. The whole move 
giving that all up makes sense to me when I consider the impact and the influence that, that God has through my life as I shepherd people from around the world at Church Online. People like Ella, who lives in the Philippines with her daughter Mikey, and despite struggling to make ends meet, has been encouraged by our Church Online services. And she is now using her faith as the source of her strength. She wrote me a few weeks ago an awesome email and talked about her struggle, saying, Now I have stronger faith. It's still fragile, though, but it's growing strong. And I will endure because God is here for me no matter what. You know, like the woman in this story, Ella is giving all she has to Jesus. She is doing a beautiful thing for him. So my question for you tonight is, what is God asking you to waste? Is he calling you to waste some time serving at Liquid? Is he asking you to give up your current job? Folks, I'm, I'm living proof that God does not call you to something that is a waste of time. And you know, I pray right now, that the Holy Spirit will confirm in some of you that there's something you know you need to sacrifice, something you know you have to waste at the feet of Jesus. But you're struggling to do that right now because all you can think about is what that is going to cost you. But let me change your perspective here. Stop thinking about what this is going to cost you and start thinking about what, how much it cost Jesus to be broken for you. Just think about that. I mean, Jesus in so many ways is the ultimate waste. God himself steps out of heaven, is born into poverty, lives a sinless, perfect life and then is voluntarily executed so that we can be set free. That is the ultimate waste. Yet here he is praising this woman for doing a beautiful thing for him. And more than that, he goes on to say this, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, why? Out of all the people in the Bible, why does Jesus pick her out? Why does he use her worship as an example, as something to be immortalized? Why not King David? Why not Moses? Why not Abraham? Why not Noah? Why not any of the other great people in the Scriptures? Why doesn't he use them? I think it's because what this woman did was she did all that she could and she wasted everything that she had and in doing that her story complements Christ's own story his own sacrifice see like Jesus her worship was demonstrated by a personal sacrifice and it was motivated by a grateful heart In Luke, we read another version of this story that describes the woman who walked into the dinner party uninvited as a sinful, a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town. So she was basically a woman with a bad reputation. 
But the interesting thing is her sins didn't keep her away from Jesus. They actually drove her toward him. That's because it's not just the alabaster jar in the story that was broken. This woman was broken too. And she knew that only Jesus could restore her. And by the end of the story, Jesus actually tells her, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So she worships him with a grateful heart because only he can pick up all these pieces of her broken life. So she worships him. The result of that is that she comes to Jesus and she says, I pour out everything I have at your feet. Take all of me, all of my broken parts and change me with your love. And he does just that by forgiving her many sins. Do you guys get this? Are you seeing what's happening here? We're all broken in some way. And it's only when we accept that we're broken and believe in our hearts that God can restore us through faith and through grace that we are able to understand forgiveness and love. And that's when we can truly engage in heartfelt, honest, true, pure worship. But too many of us see our brokenness as just a waste We look at the pieces of our past, we look at our sin and we see only wasted opportunities and believe me, this is something that I know about firsthand. I know many of you already know that I come from a broken past. My childhood was shattered by years of sexual abuse from a relative and I can remember spending most of my teenage years trying to pick up all the broken pieces of my life. And I did everything that I could, but I still grew up feeling that my life had been wasted. And you know, the truth is, it wasn't until I was about 19 and I brought all of my broken pieces to the feet of Jesus that my perspective started to change. And from that moment, I truly started to worship God in a completely different way. See, I realized personally at the age of 19 that only Jesus could take up all the broken and shattered pieces of my life. Only he could do that. And everything that seemed like such a waste, he transformed into a thing of value and beauty. So let me ask you, Do you know what it's like to be broken at the feet of Jesus? Take it from my personal testimony. If you've got a broken marriage, bring it to the feet of Jesus. If you've got a broken career, bring that to the feet of Jesus. If you've got a broken spirit, a broken past, broken dreams, bring them to the feet of Jesus. Because he knows what it means to be broken. 
Jesus himself was broken. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was crushed. And just like the jar of perfume in the story, his body was broken, but it was not wasted. He was wrecked for us as an act of worship, but his brokenness sets us free. His personal sacrifice restores our broken and wasted lives. Jesus did a beautiful thing for us. He did a beautiful thing for us. And it's only when we can really understand that, that we can be like the woman in the story and worship Jesus with a thankful, pure heart. Now, I really don't want you to miss this. Because the cross of Christ doesn't just mean that our sins are forgiven. It doesn't just mean that our brokenness can be healed. It promises that God will literally scoop up all these broken pieces and he puts them into the palm of his hands and he turns them into something of value and something beautiful. I'm sure you guys have all seen a mosaic before. A mosaic is a work of art created by an artist who takes a bunch of broken glass and broken tiles like this. Things that other people would normally discard simply as waste. And he pulls them all together and he turns them into something beautiful. In many ways, the artist takes chaos and brings order to it. If you want the broken pieces of your life to be turned into a work of art, you need to bring those pieces to Jesus, just like the woman in the story did and just like the woman you're about to meet right now. My dad was an orphan, which meant that growing up in my household, there wasn't like a great expression of love. So I really grew up feeling very insecure and very worthless, um, like nothing was ever good enough, and pretty much got out of there as soon as I could and ended up in the New York fashion industry. You know, being very young and, and just really wanted to push all the boundaries and, and try and find that acceptance that I was so desperately longing for. Did everything I could get my hands on, just searching, and as a result, ended up even more broken. There came a point where I was like, I've made so many mistakes and so many bad choices. There is no destiny, there is no fate. My time is up and I don't believe in God anymore. Looked up the local church, rang them and said, hey, I don't believe in God anymore, what are you going to do about it? They just said, come over. I went over there and, and the pastor just said, look, can I pray for you? And that's when he prayed for me and I literally felt the presence of God. I didn't know that's what it was, but I just felt this tangible sense of acceptance and worth and, and love. I eventually found Jesus and now I know why I've always felt so lonely and so um, unloved because no one could love you the way that God loves you. There was a point where I didn't think there was anything left for me. But not only has God turned it around, but 
feel like I've got the best of everything. And I feel like my life is just going forward. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Audio. If this message has touched you, we'd love to know how. Just email Pastor Dave Adamson at churchonline at liquidchurch.com. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.